Welcome to the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. I'm Adam Lang. With an unemployment rate of just 3.9% and a shortage of workers across a whole range of sectors, there's a lot of pressure on wages to rise, with inflation climbing and the cost of living going up. But employee expectations may exceed what employers are prepared to offer, as businesses grapple with increased supply costs from food to electricity and what price their clients are actually willing to pay. The Hayes Salary Guide is a fascinating look at the salaries paid across a huge number of jobs. The survey covered over 4,800 professionals and 4,400 employers in Australia and New Zealand, representing millions of employees. But it does more than list the numbers. It explores some of the key trends in wages and employment too. Christian Colding is the head of consulting at BIS Oxford Economics and helped compile the report. Christian, welcome to Fear and Greed. Thank you very much, Adam. The opening line of the report says Australia and New Zealand are facing a singular skills shortage at a level unmatched in Hayes' 46 years in recruitment. So let's start with self-interest. Is now the right time to ask for a pay rise? Now is, is probably a very good time to be asking for that pay rise. Phil Lowe has been asking us all to be asking for the pay rise for the last couple of years, I think it is now. And while he's a little nervous about how much we ask for now, it certainly seems to be a good time to put in the offer. That's like encouragement from the top, isn't it? It certainly seems that way. Yeah. The report shows most employers expect business activity to increase in the year ahead, but there are also plenty of cost pressures on businesses at the same time, aren't there? There is. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It's it's a really tricky time to be in business. It's almost been an existential crisis during the pandemic. I think there's a lot more nuance now and there's a lot more levers that businesses they can pull, one of which is the wage lever. To what degree are they going to pull that? To what degree are they going to allow for wages to significantly rise? That's what's going to be interesting to see over the next few months. And every worker will be amongst a different trading context. But if you're looking at the massive expectations for wage rises, how far short of worker expectations do you think salary increases will be? Well, this survey that Hayes has put together, it certainly shows there's a significant disparity between what employers are expecting to pay out versus what employees believe they deserve. So about 37% of employers believe that they will increase salaries above 3% next year. That said, 84% of employees say their performance and the demand for their skills warrant an increase greater than 3%. So that's a, that's a real big gap. It's not uncommon that there's a gap, but that's a real big gap. Yeah, plenty of room for negotiation, it would seem. We've recently seen the Fair Work Commission hand down a 5.2% increase in the minimum wage. Do you think that is being used as a precedent for other roles as well? We've seen that business groups have warned that it'll flow up to other wages. So do you think that'll flow through? I think it will. And I think the reason why is because it was such a highly publicised event. So it wasn't just your usual Fair Work Commission annual wage rise. This came right in the midst of a federal election. So it's quite clear that federal government, they also supported a 5% wage increase. So people saw it and people took note of it. And I think that public nature means that a lot of employees outside of the industries and occupations directly affected by the Fair Work Commission, 
decision is going to be re-benchmarking their expectations around that 5% mark. Right. So in terms of those expectations, different industries are all going through different scenarios. One of the report elements that that got me was architecture, insurance and energy are the industries set up for the biggest pay rise this year with increases of up to 43%. Why is that? There are some sectors which are, are really booming at this point in time. There's no doubt about it. There are some sectors which have really been affected by staff shortages with the close borders that we've experienced over the last few years. You know, I think it's that combination of demand and supply that's really driving the wage expectations across different industries. And some of these movements, they are quite extreme. There's no doubt about it. The last few years, we've also seen very, very high wage rises being presented to people in the tech sector in particular. So those digital skills have really come through as being important and and attractive. Stay with me, Christian. We'll be back in a minute. My guest this morning is Christian Colding, Head of Consulting at BIS Oxford Economics. So in the overall mix of an employment relationship, how important is salary in the value exchange between the employer and the employee? Do you think you're seeing a shift away from just focusing on the salary number to other benefits like additional annual leave, flexible working locations has obviously been hugely topical in the last couple of years, share incentive schemes, training on the job, workplace culture, elements such as that? There's no doubt that that shift is happening and and has happened. Uh, The remote working shift has been particularly important the last few years. There's no doubt about that. However, with the cost of living rising as fast as it's rising at the moment, an uncompetitive salary is exceptionally important to that value exchange. And what the Hayes Salary Survey found was that uh, an uncompetitive salary is the top factor motivating people looking for other jobs. So it was now 49% of job searches were instigated because of an uncompetitive salary, up from just 39% last year. So I think all the focus on cost of living that, again, was very public during the federal election, I think that's coming back to to mean a lot for, for workers. Right. And so in that value exchange, do you think it's true to say that if someone feels undervalued in their salary, that's almost the starting point from which everything flows? Absolutely. Uh, of course, we can't speak for every case, but on average, I think the salary question is becoming increasingly important. There's no doubt about that. The other point I would raise is on an annual leave perspective, one of the real big issues that the economy is facing now is a lack of of labour and a lack of labour supply. And so while giving more annual leave will be useful and and will make people happy, it's unlikely to solve what is actually going to add to the issue of a lack of labour supply because we've got less hours being worked in a given year. So that's a hard lever to be pulling at the moment relative to, to, say, wages. What about sign-on bonuses? They're the kind of spectacular events that you see sometimes affecting the market. Are you seeing much of that play through? We're hearing a lot more of that coming through in the market. There's no doubt about it. You know, every time someone leaves one job, it's an opportunity for another employer to pick that person up. And I think that competition for new people to join the teams is really, really high. And so sign-on bonuses is a really useful tool to not only secure the person, but also attract the top talent to your to your business. We've talked about the shortage of workers and the very low unemployment rate. What do you think it'll take for this pressure to ease? How much, for example, would the return of overseas workers help? 
the return of overseas workers is going to make a real difference. There's no doubt about it. But it'll take time. We have to remember that. The borders have been open for quite a few months now, but we haven't seen a flood of migrants coming into Australia. And the question is, are people here realising sooner that they can leave than the people from overseas realising that they can come? And I think we might be seeing some of that. Uh, It's going to be very interesting to see the next few data points come out and also see the census coming out in uh, tomorrow to see, well, how many people are actually in Australia and ready to work at this point in time? So open borders, it will help. There's no doubt about it. But really the, the silver bullet and what we're all looking for is rising productivity. Yeah, that's what we want out of this. And so good ideas for how we can produce more with less, that's really what we'd like to see because that entails that employers, they're able to give higher wages because employees are being more and more productive as well. So it's a productivity benefits that we'd love to see and it's the productivity lever that we'd love to see being pulled to get us out of this labour supply conundrum that we're in at the moment. Right. So on, on that theme... Is upskilling the key to filling those worker shortages and improving that productivity? So, for example, you know, we always invest in capital, we invest in machines and processes to get better, but we also need to be training people to use them and increase their skills. Is training up existing staff to move into new and more challenging roles and increasing that productivity one of the key ways that you're seeing? I believe that's right. So that lifelong training journey, that's going to be increasingly important. Also, as we start working for longer and longer. So one of the great things that we've been experiencing both before the pandemic, but also during the pandemic is that more and more older people are continuing in the workforce. So they're putting off their retirement and they're continuing to contribute to the output of the Australian economy. So being able to upskill, reskill are both really important factors that's going to keep us keep us going for longer, uh, but also keep people engaged and, and happy and, and contributing to the workforce for longer. Well, that has to be a good thing. The report shows that a large chunk of employers, in some sectors almost 50%, believe that the quote-unquote great resignation will accelerate in the next financial year. That's a lot of businesses preparing for workers to quit. But there's a big range in that disparity from energy at 11% to education at 47%. Yeah, and I think that number is only going to grow if employers are struggling to engage in this wage conversation over the next few months. You know, there's a lot of employers and employees that are going to have the negotiation about wages for the for the year to come. And if we don't see the paradigm shift from an employer perspective, I think it's only reasonable to think that's employees, they're going to start looking around, they're going to look for other opportunities. And as the vacancy index is showing, there are plenty of opportunities out there. I believe there's almost 400,000 advertised opportunities right now. Which is almost more than the market can provide. So they're going to come from somewhere, aren't they? Absolutely. So finally, and this is some advice for our listeners, one of the insights from the report is that the market is calling for employees to be considered a company's most important customer. In your experience, what would you suggest that companies do to meet the new expectations of employees? I think something that's exceptionally important is the personalization of the value proposition. So really understanding your employees and understanding their personal circumstances is extremely important to valuing them and understanding what is it that attracts them to the work that they're doing, what is it that will retain them in the work they're doing, 
And what is it that's going to help them continue to develop and become increasingly more productive in the work that they're doing? So rather than trying a one-size-fits-all approach, I think is that personalization of the employee value proposition that's going to be important. And, and that takes time. There's no doubt about it. But it is a, a worthwhile investment in, in my experience. It takes time and effort, but as you say, incredibly worthwhile. Christian, thank you very much for talking to Fear and Greed. My pleasure. Thank you very much. That was Christian Colding, Head of Consulting at BIS Oxford Economics on the Hayes Salary Guide. This is the Fear and Greed Daily Interview. Remember, you should get professional advice before making any investment decisions. Join us every morning for the full episode of Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Adam Lang. Enjoy your day.